Okay, well, it's good to um, be here tonight and to be able to uh, share with you. And as Travis just mentioned, we are in this series at the moment um, in, um, yeah, in Joshua. Hey, I just noticed this timer that's going off in front of me there. Is that okay to turn that off? Um, I apologise, but I just, it's just going to be a massive distraction. Um, but uh, let's pray and then uh, we'll get into uh, uh, the Word. Father God... We, uh, we thank you, great God, that um, you're a God that does speak, and I believe that you've got a word uh, for us um, tonight. And so I just pray you'd really speak to our hearts, great God. And as I often pray, you know, for me, it's, it's um, uh, yeah, I just pray that I would just be simply a mouthpiece in your hands tonight, Father God. And so, you know, impact us and move us, Father God, to action. May we hear from you. That's what we desire, you know. We desire you, great God. And so we just ask that you would, um, you would speak to us tonight, Lord. And um, I just pray that um, you'll help us to understand the application of this for our lives as well, Father God. So it wouldn't just be information, um, but a deep transformation that we desperately need uh, in our hearts and our lives. So come and uh, work, Father, we ask in your precious name. Amen. Okay, so as mentioned, um, we are in this series in Joshua and uh, tonight we're going to be looking specifically at uh, Joshua chapter 4. Now, I remember a little while ago, um, I had an opportunity to go and speak at another church on the south side. And uh, I remember um, it was on a particular topic. It was a topic that I'm really passionate about. And it was specifically around evangelism. It was specifically around outreach and, you know, impacting the lives around you. And so, um, you know, I was excited about uh, sharing but I'd spent all day just preparing uh, this message. But, it, you know, time was running out and I had to leave to go and be there. And I really just felt uh, like I didn't have enough content there. Or I just, I wasn't quite finished uh, is maybe a better way of putting it. And so uh, this actually must have been uh, before we had kids. And so uh, my wife was coming with me that night. And I remember I just said, look, you just drive and I'm just going to keep trying to prepare in the car and it became this really intense moment because the more, the closer we got, uh, the more I was just like overwhelmed, like I've got nothing to say, like that's literally a common thing. I've got nothing to say, I've got nothing to say. It's funny actually, because now I feel like sometimes I can't shut up and maybe you're, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, but I kept saying this and the closer we got, the more overwhelmed I got, like, oh my gosh, I just, I've, I don't know what to say, I've got nothing to say. And my wife kept saying to me, she kept reminding me, like, she's like, babe, don't worry, like, you'll be fine, like, this is like, you love this stuff, I guarantee you, you'll have more content than what you think, like, you'll have more content, I'm like, no, nah, I've got nothing to say, and I was so, I just got more and more overwhelmed, like, almost to the point of tears, and I was like, this is going to be a disaster, and, you know, all this sort of stuff, it was a very overwhelming moment, but I remember my wife just, just reminding me, literally just reminding me, I guarantee you, there'll be more there than what you think. I absolutely guarantee you. You'll get up and you'll share and it'll just flow from your heart like it always does. Like she had to remind me of that. And particularly on that topic, because it's such a, uh, it just, it's such a topic that's so close to my heart. And anyway, we arrive and I'm still just like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Like I felt bad more than anything. I felt bad that people would have to sit and listen uh, to what I had to share that night. Anyway, uh, I went there, I shared that night, and there was more than enough content. Like, I probably spoke too long, you know what I mean? Now you're worried that I told to get the timer off. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, and there was more than enough. And it was, it was actually true. Like, like, Raquel was right. She was absolutely right. There was more than enough content um, there. But she had to remind me. She had to remind me, babe, like, God has been faithful in the past. He, he, he always turns up. He always turns up. And he really does. And this chapter is exactly what that's about. It's about 
uh, Joshua reminding the Israelites of God's faithfulness, of God's power in the past. And you know what? It's a reminder to us as well. Because if you're like me, you know, we're so similar sometimes. We're so similar, but in the same way, you've probably experienced that too, where you've faced a situation, you've faced a scenario where you just thought, I cannot do this. Like, I cannot face this. It's overwhelming. And, and maybe God's even, um, you know, helped you through it in the past before, but you just feel like, I can't face this. It's too overwhelming. And you know what we need in moments like that? We need reminding. We need reminding of God's faithfulness. We need reminding of God's power. Because what he's done in the past, he can do again. And this is what's so powerful about reading the Bible every day, uh, that if you're a Christian here tonight, it is so important to read daily. Because what is it? It's God's Word. And it reminds us, doesn't it? As you read His Word, it reminds us of what He's done in the past. And we face situation that we re- situations that people have faced in the Bible that we read about. And it's so powerful because we read these stories and we see the faithfulness of God and we're reminded. That's what happens. We're reminded. And we read those words and we go, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get a mind, you know, our mindset shifted and we go, yeah, actually, you know what? God's done it in the past. He can do it again. This is why prayer is so important as well. I always talk about this, I know, but it is so true that you go and pray and you get a re-perspective of your mindset. And all of a sudden, you're facing a situation, but you pray and your heart and your mind is set on the creator of the universe. You think there's no way I could overcome this. Man, God can do it. God can do anything because His Word says nothing is impossible. And when we pray, our mindset is realigned with who God is, how big He is, what He's able to do. And we're reminded again that no, God is able to do this. And so in the same way, this is what happens with Joshua. He's now leading the people. He's taken over the leadership from Moses. He's now leading the people of Israel. And again, God does this extraordinary miracle and God commands Joshua. God commands Joshua, I want you to set up, um, set up a, 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 what do you call it? A um, memorial. Uh, Memorial? Memorial. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thank you for that feedback. Uh, Memorial, right, to remind the people of Israel, to remind the people of Israel of what God has done. It It wasn't a memorial to worship or to stand there or anything like that. It was a memorial to remember, to remember what He's done. And so that every time they walked past, every time they looked at it, they were reminded, wow, that's, I remember that. I remember what God did there. A reminder of who He is. And I tell you what, don't we need that sometimes? Because, you know, the world consumes you. You're engulfed with the stuff of this world sometimes and it's all consuming. You come tonight, you got issues at work, you got financial issues, you got marriage issues, you got relational issues, you got children issues, you got all sorts of stuff because in this life you will have trouble. But Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And so we need to be reminded uh, that He's able. We need to be, uh, to remember who He is so that when we come with our issues where we remember, actually no, God is able, God is able. He can empower me, He can help me overcome. Uh, these issues that I'm facing right now. And so this is what happens in this this story in Joshua uh, 4. Let's read it together. It may come up on the screen, but let's read this uh, verse 1. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, so it's just an amazing miracle. The Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. 
So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from uh, the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone uh, on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a, a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. And skipping over to verse 18, it summarises a little bit again, but, and the priests came uh, up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, no sooner had they set their feet, uh, their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the 10th day of the first month of the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. An amazing, uh, amazing miracle uh, on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until uh, you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. And verse 24, I love this. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And that word fear meaning almost respect and honour uh, of our God. So it's, a, it's an amazing passage. And so here Joshua is told by God, set up these stones as a reminder, as a reminder of what I did, uh, drying up the Jordan so you crossed on dry land in a remarkable a miracle. And again, he says, and even when your children ask you, what is this? You can tell your children, this is what God did. Uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary miracle. You know, it's fascinating after I did some quite extensive research this morning, or should I say, AKA Nathan's sermon from this morning, um, I heard him talk about, um, I heard him talk about in the Bible, there's, you know, all sorts of different um, commands. One of the top things that the Bible talks about is do not fear. It talks a lot about do not fear or do not worry. But the second command is this, or one of the big, sorry, not the second command, but one of the big uh, commands, there's frequent commands that is, is uh, throughout the Bible is remember. It talks about remember, remember, remember. So it's so key. And maybe it's just a, it's just a reminder or God's just reminding us that we're so, we so easily forget. We, we do that, don't we? We see God do an extraordinary thing and then, you know, a week later, a month later, a couple of years later, we forget, we forget. Oh, hang on, God did that. God did that. This is probably why it's so powerful to keep a journal and I'm probably a bit hypocritical because I don't. Uh, but I know um, Pete's greater. Pete's greater keeping a journal. He's got, as he reflects back, he's got amazing stories of what God has done. But it is incredible because you forget so quickly. It's amazing, isn't it? You just forget so quickly. But God says, remember, remember me, remember uh, what I've done. I recently was preaching at youth, uh, I think a little while ago. And one of the passages I preached on is be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. 
And you know, as I looked into that a little bit further, a big part of that is about uh, really stopping and remembering who God is. That's what it's really about. Be still and know that I am God. We just get so engulfed in life, don't we? Everyone's busy. I guarantee you, you may be at uni only doing 12 contact hours a week, but I guarantee you, you'll tell anyone, I am flat out. You know, I'm absolutely flat out. I'm so busy. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're always busy. We're always flat out. Uh, that's just the reality of our life. We're consumed all the time. And in the midst of our busyness, we forget. In the midst of our busyness, we forget our, our great God. And, uh, you know, Corey Ten Boom, I'm just reminded, actually, Corey Ten Boom says, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. It's so true. You know, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And, uh, and so we're so busy all the time, but in the midst of our busyness, we forget. We so easily forget uh, how great our God is and what he's able to do and what he's done in the past. And so like, uh, so like uh, God commands Joshua to remind the Israelites of who he is, in the same way, we need to remember how great our God is. We need to remind ourselves what he is uh, able uh, to do. I remember um, a little while ago, uh, we'd had this, um, we did this Young Ad Send conference here in Brisbane. Actually, it was that last year's one. And uh, at the end of the night, so it was in A2, and uh, near the end of the night there, we just had a bit of extended time of worship and praying for different things. But there was just a moment there. We just prayed uh, for some healing, just prayed for physical healing. Now, it was actually at that season of time, um, my wife, she had this very sore wrist, really painful wrist, and it just wouldn't go away. And it had been going on probably for a couple of years. Uh, she'd actually gone and seen multiple different specialists about this wrist. It was really, uh, you know, sometimes it would flare up worse than others, but it was incredibly painful at times. And so she just, it just wouldn't get better. And, and like I said, she'd seen so many specialists, it wouldn't get better. Um, but I, I remember on this particular night, um, uh, we just prayed. And a few of us got around, a few young lads, and we just prayed. Very simple, very simple prayer, but we just asked God, God, we've read in your word that you can, you can heal. And he's the same God, isn't he? He's the same God. And so we just prayed, God, would you heal this wrist? Well, we prayed a couple of times. All of a sudden, my wife, she just starts getting really emotional. She starts moving her wrist and she just starts crying. She's like, I can't, the pain's gone, the pain's gone. Well, it's quite an amazing thing because after that, um, it's never come back. It has never come back. She'd seen so many specialists, but the pain never came back. It was just quite an amazing thing. And we were quite really blown away, very thankful and grateful uh, of that. It's just an amazing miracle. But you see, this is what, you know, this is what God can do. And, and so easy, and that was, uh, yeah, so last year. But it's easy sometimes to forget these things. It's easy, but it's a, it's a phenomenal, you know, maybe, you know, even as Raquel, you know, uses her hand or wrist these days, it's a reminder, isn't it, of God's goodness. It's a reminder of the miracle-working God. That is what he's able to do. And we need to remember this stuff because we so easily, uh, so easily forget. Recently, I've been reading through the Old Testament quite a bit, and it just amazes me because I read through the Old Testament and the significance of these kings that lead these nations. And time and time again, you know, it's, it's incredible because where a king comes in and it says he did, uh, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And when they follow God wholeheartedly, it goes well for them as a nation. And you're just reading along and then you read about he passes away and the next king comes in. And I read it and I go, okay, how's this going to go down? And it says he did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I go, oh, no. And it's like, I don't know what happens there, but maybe he just forgets. He just forgets. And you just see the downfall of the nation when they turn their back on God. And then another king comes in and he does evil in the eyes of the Lord. And you're just like, why? Why? And it's a funny thing because you go, why? Like, why? When you read it now in hindsight, you go, why are you doing this? Like to follow God, it goes so well for you when you follow God. And when you walk away and you're leaving behind, it just, it's a disaster. 
And you think, why? Why did you do that? But this is just the reality of human nature. We do it all the time. We're still doing it. We're still doing it today. We know the promises of God. We know what he's able to do, but we so easily forget. We so easily forget generation to generation to generation, and we forget his faithfulness. We forget his power. We forget what uh, he's able to do. And this is what this is talking about here. It's reminding, he says, Joshua, I don't want you to forget as a nation. And the same way for us as a church, actually, I'm just reminded, Nathan spoke about this this morning, that when we secured the fifth block of land, we set up rocks in a similar way. We set up rocks here as a reminder. Um, actually, I remember we went and got those rocks, Nathan, landscaping yard. That was a weird day, picking out rocks but, um, uh, together. But, um, uh, but we set that up as a reminder for us as a church of what God, uh, what God has done. Uh, it's, and and we, need to, we need that reminder. We absolutely do. But, you know, the other thing is this, is that um, we need his empowerment. You know, the Bible says, you know, without God, we can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. And it's so true. So true. I know how weak I am. I don't want to know what I can do because it's dead set so limited, you know. Um, I want to see what God can do. Don't you want to see what God can do? And so we need to remember what he is able to do and to walk in the spirit to walk in what he wants us to do. That's why we need to know him. That's why we need to know his will and to walk in that faithfully, to remember who he is, is so, so uh, important. And so this is what the Ark of the Covenant represents, that he said, when the Ark of the Covenant walks into the water, the water will dry up. And the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. And then when it came out, the water went back and he said, remember. But this is the exciting thing. This is the amazing thing. You realise these days, we don't need an Ark of the Covenant. These days, that because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, because of that sacrifice, we can have a personal relationship with God. And not only can we know Him, not only can we talk to Him, but then He fills us by His Spirit. So His presence dwells within us. All authority, all power of God, of this earth, it dwells within us. That's an incredible thought. An incredible thought that if you want to become a Christian, if you want to walk and have a relationship with God, His presence dwells within you. And it's because of that presence that it empowers us to do things we never thought possible, literally never thought possible. It's an amazing thought, and we need to remember this. You know, even coming to church, is, that's why just coming to church weekly is so, so important. And, you know, can you be a Christian and not come to church? Absolutely. Absolutely you can. But I tell you what, I mean, let's take Thursday night, for example. I came on Thursday night, and I was actually feeling like I had a really bad headache, intense headache driving over here. And, you know, I could have just thought, oh, I, I'm just going to go head home. You know, my head is killing me. But I thought, no, I want to be, I want to, I want to put myself in places where I can remember and know the presence of God and be with other believers. And I came here on Thursday night. You know what happened? Do you think I drove home regretting being here on Thursday night? I drove home and you know what I thought? I'm so glad I went. That was amazing. You know what happened? I was stirred again because I was reminded of the goodness of God. Here's people just jumping in the pool and getting baptised and worshipping together. And what happened? I was reminded again of the greatness of God. I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't disappointed I came. There's something about being reminded of the greatness of God and it stirs your faith. You see that? It stirs your faith and you go, no, God is able. And so when you face a situation, which want, you know, some of you are facing today, there's business stuff you're dealing with and you don't know how to do it. But remind yourself that God's done it in the past. He can do it again. He can do it again. And so it's so powerful. You know, just recently, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was praying one time and I felt prompted to do, I saw we did this SEND conference here in Brisbane and I was praying about this, this conference that we're doing here in Brisbane for young adults. And when I was praying, this, this thought came to my mind, North Queensland. I had no idea why. And I remember saying, 
oh, my stupid mind again is wandering. You know, it always happens in mid-prayer, it's wandering. But I got up and as I walked away from praying, I thought, oh, maybe it wasn't just wandering. Maybe it was a God thought. You know, very simple thought, but a God thought. And I thought, next time I'm praying, I'll pray about that. And next time I prayed, I said, God, what was that? Like, what was this North Queensland thing that dropped into my mind? And I felt like he laid on my heart, do a similar conference in North Queensland. Rally young adults together and encourage them around the Great Commission. Encourage them to have an impact where they are. And so I thought, this is like, I wouldn't, how, where would I even, how would I start with that? Like, what would that even look like? Anyway, it's a long story. It wasn't even the main story I was going to tell you about. Um, but I'm just giving you context. I rang a friend of mine. That was, I hadn't even thought, but I rang this friend. He's up in Townsville. I told him the vision and he goes, well, it's crazy. Yeah, let's do it. And then within six weeks, we kind of just did this conference up there and we got a venue and all this sort of stuff, which was kind of crazy in itself. But after that, we just knew we got to do this again. So this year... Uh, North Queensland, we'll do it again, get all these young adults together from different churches up in North Queensland. But in the lead up to this year, I felt prompted, oh, I should take a group of young ads. That'd be awesome. We'll just go together uh, up to North Queensland. Really suffering. We did it at Early Beach in the Witch Sundays. Really suffering for Jesus up there. And um, so anyway... Uh, so I thought it would be good to get a group of young ads together. So I ranked Dion. I said, could we use your minibus? That'd be awesome. You know, even the trip in itself would be just a great um, ministry time. It turns out it's a really long drive, actually. But um, uh, so great ministry time together. Anyway, um, so they got back to me. So I'd organised this ages ago. Very well organised. I, I don't know why I was so organised. I think I was just so excited. But, um, and then uh, they got back to me. They said, look, uh, we've cracked the head on the um, head gasket and you won't be able to use the bus and all this sort of stuff. And but I felt this real sense of peace. I thought, no, nah, it's all good, like God's God. I really felt like we need to do this, but something will come up. I've bought a couple of our cars off, um, uh, it's like, you know, car auctions or whatever. I won't go into detail, uh, but these car auctions. Anyway, it just so happened I, after this, I was looking at it, and this, strangely enough, this minibus appeared. I, I don't very often see, you know, a minibus come up. Uh, but this minibus came up and I thought, that'd be so funny if, like, you know, God wanted me to buy a minibus to go to Haley Beach for this conference. And, uh, but I didn't think too much of it. Pretty wild idea. Um, but anyway, I left it and these, the cars come up online and they literally get sold the following Thursday. That's it. You know, they're only up there for a week or whatever. And, uh, and so anyway, about a week later, uh, I, I didn't think too much more about it. And I remembered, oh, that's right, that bus would have sold yesterday. I think it was a Friday I was looking at it. So I jump online unheard of but it was still there and I thought that is really strange that does not happen and I thought I don't know maybe just like maybe God's in it or something like that would be pretty crazy that by this stage then I thought I should mention it to Raquel just in case I do something wild and um so I said to Raquel I said Raquel it's so crazy but this like mini bus is up on the auctions or whatever and she's like oh okay and and I didn't really say we didn't talk too much more about that was literally probably the extent of it and then um, a week later, I thought, you know, I should just at least check it out. Like, you never know. But the following week, I was at Fraser Island with Red Frogs and taking some uni students to Fraser. And I knew, um, well, I won't have reception, so I won't be able to bid on it. So that'll be the end of that. But then I knew Andy had, was with Telstra. He could get reception. Maybe I could use his phone. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we're there at Fraser. And, you know, we're having a good time. So I totally forgot about it. Like, totally forgot. The Saturday, we're coming back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about, you know, that minibus. Anyway, it's obviously not a God thing. It would have sold. But I looked anyway, honestly, unheard of. It was still there. That was, re it was so strange. I was like, I don't know. Maybe God's in this. This is like, this is really weird. So the following Thursday, I was coming up for auction. And uh, I just said to Raquel, I don't know. Maybe there's something in this minibus, I think, uh, minibus idea. And then really didn't talk too much more about it than that. 
The following Thursday, it just so happened that I was speaking at a school on the south side. And uh, that Thursday, I registered to bid anyway, not thinking too much of it, but I registered to bid just in case, you never know. Registered to bid, and uh, I went to this school, and I looked at the auction. There's about four or 500 cars they auction off, so it's really quick, just auction, uh, and it's all online. And so I got to the, to the school, I um, checked in, or what do you call it, sign in, it's probably a better way of doing it. Um, I signed in, and I looked, and I thought, you know what, I'm, this car's going to come up right when I'm presenting to these students. So I thought, oh, well, that's good. You know, I'd been praying, well, God, open or close doors according to your will, and I realised, well... It's not going to happen. So that's the end of that. But then I had this thought. I thought, in my presentation, I go to a short video, right? I go to a short video. And I thought, wouldn't it be crazy of all moments that I put the video on, I pull my phone out, and it goes like, boom, like jumps on that very vehicle, like the minibus. That would have to be a God thing. So I said, God, like, if you're in this, I'm just praying this, that you know, maybe that would, be, that, would be a way, that would be a sign, a pretty good sign uh, that you're in this. But I left it at that. Now, when I signed in, I got to, the, uh, got to the thing and all the students were there and I even had this momentary thought, oh, maybe I could try and line it up, like swing it so I line it up. And I thought, no, I rejected it. So I said, that is a terrible thought, terrible idea. Because I don't want to... When you try and manufacture something in your own strength, it's a disaster. It really is. It's a disaster. When it's a God thing, it's always, it's the only way to go. If you want, listen, if you want a God outcome, you do it God's way. That's the key. If you want a God outcome, do not do it your way. Do not do it. You'll always get a man outcome when you do it your way. But when you want a God outcome, you've only got to do it God's way. It's the only way. And so I said, no, I rejected that idea pretty quick. I said, no, I'm just going to present as normal. We'll go to the video. And I know it would have to be God if it comes up. Anyway, I started presenting. I said, we're going to go to a short video now. I pressed play. I pulled out my phone. One car finished, right? Sold the next car, minibus. Straight up, right? Minibus. So I thought, oh my goodness, this is crazy. I hit bid. Uh, You're out bid. Hit bid again. You're out bid. Hit bid again. You're the winning bidder, winning bidder, sold. And I was just like, holy dude, I just bought a minibus. Um, (laughs) Crazy. Put my phone back in the pocket, went back to presenting to these students. (laughs) Crazy story. So I finished presenting to these students, went, signed out. I went back in the car and I thought, oh, shivers, I've got to tell Raquel. So I texted her and said, hey, babe, I hope your day's going well. By the way, I think we bought a bus today. Um, Anyway, um, praise God. I think she trusts me now. I've I've got a few good runs on the board now um, because I've bought out other cars like this and it's worked out all right, actually. So um, she just wrote back, ha, ha, like, serious? Like, question mark? And I was like, yeah, no, serious, we bought a bus. Anyway, she's like, oh, okay. Um, but, um, but it's a crazy thing. Now, when I was telling the pastors uh, like a couple of weeks ago about the story, Jody kept saying, so wow, so did you go and get like a, did you do an RSEQ check on it? Did you go with a mechanic to like look at it? I said, no, none of that. And she goes, oh, right. Like she's like, this is wild. And uh, so I said, none of that. And she goes, oh, okay. So did you just go and like start it up? Did you? Like, is it, no, no, I didn't start it. And she's like, oh, right. So did you do a walk around? I said, no, I didn't do a walk around. Like dead set online. Oh, okay. So did you see the Ks and all that? Actually, no. Had no visual of odometer. Had no understanding if it mechanically worked. Literally nothing. I said, so high risk. She's just like, yeah, that's crazy high risk. I said, yeah, I know. So exciting. Like, I love it. So exciting. And so bought this thing. But then that was the next prayer then. 
I didn't know if it had, didn't even know if it had keys. Had no, no, there was no indication it had keys, no indication of the odometer. 2019 model, I mean, it was a minivan, it could have been used for all sorts of, could have had a couple of hundred thousand kilometres on the clock. You know, I had no idea. But I really sensed, <laughs> I needed to, didn't I? I really sensed it was from God. And so I bought this thing and then, uh, you know, a guy had to go and pick it up. And that was the next prayer. God, just let it have keys. That'd be amazing. Because I researched it. It's hard. If you've got no keys, they gotta, someone's got to come. They've got to take the lock away. It's really expensive. So I thought, God, just be great if I had keys. So I, I text the, uh, the uh, tow truck driver. I said, does it have keys? He goes, two sets of keys. Again, that's unheard of for these places. Two sets. It's amazing. And uh, he dropped it off. Anyway, Raquel texted me. I was here. And Raquel texted me and said, oh, the bus has arrived. You know, I said, oh, <laughs> how does it look? She goes, no, nah, it actually looks really good. Like, it looks really great. But I said, oh, can you turn it on? She goes, no, nah, it doesn't, like, start. There's nothing. So that was the, the next big prayer then. God, just please let this thing start. I went home and I realized just the battery being dead, dead had been sitting there. And so I had to charge the battery. But that was the next prayer. Lord, just let there be somewhat minimal Ks. You know, that would be amazing, minimal Ks. And, uh, but one day, turned it on. Lo and behold, I couldn't believe it. 1,100K. 1,100K. I thought, you know, could I have 100,000? 1,100K. I was like, this is insane. Like, it really is insane. Anyway, I ended up uh, being able to contact the original owner, and he said, we bought the vehicle. It was very quite helpful, actually. Um, I didn't want to tell him how much I paid for it. But... Um, and we, uh, he goes, we bought the vehicle at the end of 2019. We're at like a, a bus company, a touring company. We bought it at the end of 2019 and COVID hit early 2020. And we just, it sat in the depot for two years. That's why it had such low case. Sat in the depot for two years. And uh, anyway, there was a window that needed to be replaced. That's a crazy story in itself. I did some ringing around to getting the window replaced. And they said, there's none in Australia, none in Australia. And so that was the next prayer point. But someone said, you could try. There's this random second, uh, this company that has second-hand windows. You could try them. And I rang this company. They said, we've got one. We've got one. I'd rung so many people. After I secured that, obviously, that window, uh, I had so many other people ringing back from O'Brien and RECQ and all these companies said, you cannot get that window anywhere in Australia. It would take six to eight weeks. But I secured the one in Australia. Like, unbelievable. Such a God thing. Such a God thing. So anyway, uh, an amazing story. With all that said, right, and then we took this bus up to Airlie Beach. We drove a group of young adults and it was an amazing time together up in Airlie and just people like young ads coming from Tully and Cairns and Mackay and Towns were all coming together just to be stirred around the mission of God. And there's just some amazing feedback. I don't have time. Just coming back from that. So it was such an incredible, uh, incredible experience. But here's what I wanted to say in the midst of all of this. When it was parked at the front of our house, right, I would, because we've got windows that look out the front from downstairs and then upstairs as well, there's windows that look out the front, that all hours of the day, I'd just be walking around and says, and I'd look out and I'd see the, the it's been coined the God bus now, by the way, um, but I'd see the God bus and this, no word of a lie, every time I saw it, this emotion would, would rise up with me, just a sense of praise. Like I just couldn't help but go, thank you God for that bus. Like, thank you for God for that bus. It was amazing because... Because I felt like through every single step of the way, it was just such a God story, just such a God thing. And it evoked this emotion of praise to him. Just, you're amazing, God. Like, you're amazing. Now, I'm not worshipping the bus. I mean, who cares about the bus? It's just a material thing. But it's a vehicle that enables the mission of God to move forward. You know what I mean? But it just evoked in me, you're amazing, God. You're amazing. Every time I saw it. You see the principle here? It's the same principle. God commands Joshua. He says, set up the stones. Set up the stones as a reminder as a reminder of what I am able to do. And so in the same way, we need to have that too in our own lives. 
a reminder of the faithfulness of God, of what He is able to do in our lives. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. It could be writing it somewhere. It could be starting to journal. Uh, maybe even keeping a journal on your phone. We always have that on our cell, you know, on our cells these days. But putting reminders down, no, God is faithful. God is able to do this. So that when we come against situations that, is, that has been trialing for us in the past, we can remember, no, my God got me through that last time. He can get me through it again. He's incredible, absolutely incredible. Now, the other thing is this. The other thing is this. In this passage, in this passage, it also talks about, right, um, sharing this with your children. So the next generation, sharing it with the next generation. And that is so key as well. I remember um, uh, not too long ago, I think it was this year, uh, I remember one particular day, uh, Raquel had an issue with her jaw, like very painful, really real uh, pain with her jaw. And she had already, the dentist had already spoken to her about because it would click and there was all sorts of issues. I mean, I'm not going to give you the technical details or wording of it, but it was sore, right? And the dentist had already spoken to her about it, that she needed to get it checked out and she got it checked out and they were talking about all sorts of things, but it had really flared up really bad. Sounds like Raquel's always in the wars, but um, anyway. Um, but but it was, there'd been two weeks there that it got incredibly painful, really, really sore. And so this one particular day, she'd just come back from work, and we were just sitting out on the deck, and she just sat there, and she goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. By this stage, she was starting to take a lot of Panadol and Nurofen, and, and then she, at night, she had to take, she found some other... Um, Sounds like we're you know, into drugs and stuff. But um, uh, she found these other really potent drugs um, to just help her sleep because she couldn't sleep. And it had gotten so painful, really, really painful, couldn't sleep. And she sat down on the deck. She goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to need to see someone like this. this is so painful. And you know what? We just thought, God's, you know, God, you know, the word of God says he's able to do, like nothing's impossible for him. Nothing's, I said, we should just, let's just pray. Like, let's just pray as a family. And just pray that God might do a miracle here. Because we were really at ends, uh, you know, at ends rope. And, you know, just she was just in so much pain. And so we gathered the kids. And we always, we love getting the kids together. Because we want our kids to have their own personal relationship with God. You know what I mean? Coming to church isn't going to save them. Uh, it's their own personal relationship with their Heavenly Father. So we try, even from this young age, we teach them. We teach them about prayer. We, teach, we involve them. You know, it's so important. We involve them so that when God does stuff, they're a part of that as well. And they're learning, even from a very young age, they're learning and experiencing the power of God. So that when they grow up, they know. They know, oh, I, I've seen God's hand at work. So we got the kids around and said, kids, we need to pray. I said, guys, we need to pray for mum's jaw. It's just in a lot of pain, in so much agony. And our daughter, our oldest, she's a bit of a prayer warrior, so she's into it, you know, praying and stuff. And our son at that time, it's changing a little bit, which is great, but at that time, he, he never wanted to pray. You'd even try and pray for him at, at night when he goes to bed, and he goes, don't, don't you pray, don't you pray. Anyway, God's doing a great work in his heart at the moment, so he's, he's coming along. Uh, but it was very strange. So we prayed a little bit, and we just prayed, and, you know, nothing too significant. Um, but I said, how does it feel? And I said, oh, I don't know, mate. maybe it does feel a little bit better. You know, one of my favourite stories in the Bible was Jesus prayed for the eyesight of a man. And then he said, you know, basically, in essence, he says, how is it? And he said, I can sort of see it's like, you know, remember the story or you may be familiar with it. It's like, it looks like trees that are walking around. And Jesus prayed again. You know why I love that story? Because if the son of man needs to pray twice, mate, I'm open to praying twice, three times, four. I don't care. It's actually encouraging. You know what I mean? And so I said, well, let's pray again. 
And then we said, Hudson, why don't you pray? Now, this is very unusual because Hudson didn't really pray at all at the time. He was quite against it, actually. Um, but, but he walked over and he put his hand, he put his little hand on Raquel's, the side of her jaw, and he prayed one of the simplest prayers you will ever hear in your life. And he prayed very simple. It was something along these lines. But I remember this distinctly. He said, God, would you take, uh, uh, yeah, would you take the pain away and throw it in the bin? That's what he said, right? He said, take the pain away and throw it in the bin, never to come back again. And we said, amen. Now, the craziest thing happened. Raquel started moving her jaw and then she just burst into tears. She started crying. She said, oh my gosh, the pain is gone. You know, the pain is gone. And she started moving her jaw more and she's like, oh my goodness, like it has literally completely disappeared. Now, I'm talking, the pain was like intense, overly intense. She said, completely gone. So she starts bawling her eyes out. I'm, oh, you know, I wouldn't cry, but okay. Okay, I sort of did. But um, I'm sort of emotional. It was so emotional, like so full on. It was such a powerful moment, such a powerful moment for us. But you know what's so powerful, the kids. And for Hudsey to, to experience that and to see, to see God use him in that way was unbelievable. I said, we've got to give thanks. We've got to give thanks. So we all huddled together and we thank God. We thank God for his healing work. Um, uh, you know, in, in Raquel's life. And you know what? I was talking to Hudson the other day and the subject of God got brought up and he said, you know, how do you know if God's real and all this sort of stuff? You know what I did? This was easy for me. I said, Hudson, we don't always see God, but we, we see what he does sometimes in people's lives. And I said, do you remember? Do you remember? And I said, do you remember when you prayed for Mums and you put your hand on Mums and God did an amazing miracle? And he's like, oh yeah, I remember that. You understand? You get the point here. This is, what jo- this is what God is commanding Joshua to say, remember me. And he says, say it to your next generation, remember, remember who I am. We need to be reminded time to time. We need to be reminded of who he is and what he is able to do uh, in our lives, which is so, uh, so critical. And so I don't know what it is for you, but set something up. Put, put it up there, you know, write it, write it down or start a journal or do whatever you need to do. Remember the faithfulness of God and the miracles of God uh, in your life. I just, like one last thing, I know I've used a lot of time, although the time is gone, so <laughs> I've got no idea, but you look attentive. So let me just say this, right? I, no, I'm going to do this because I sat in the morning service and I felt, and I think Nathan shared this once before in a night service, but I felt to do it, right? I felt to do it tonight. I'm going to share this story with you. We're going to stand and pray, and then you're going to have an opportunity to respond. I really felt to, to share this with you and then an opportunity for you to respond tonight. Uh, there's a story Nathan shared. I'm just going to give you basically just the, a, a summary of it. There's a story of a pastor. He preached regularly. He loved his local church. But one time he got uh, a flu. Basically, he got the flu and it impacted his throat in such a way that he um, really lost his voice. And it was very, could only speak very quietly. It was very raspy. Um, and uh, he got over the flu, but the voice never came back. He ended up going and seeing multiple different specialists. As a matter of fact, he saw 63 different specialists and they all looked at it and they said, you know, the prognosis doesn't look good. Basically, he went and saw a very, like one of the top specialists in the world, like a throat specialist. He said the prognosis, as he looked at it, he looked at the damage under the throat. Um, it it, it impacted all his nervous, uh, his nerves and all this sort of stuff. And he said, basically, the prognosis is you, you'll never get your voice back. Like, that's it. So it was raspy, painful, all that sort of stuff. But his congregation, he had to finish up pastoring. He, he, he um, you know, retired from pastoring. He couldn't preach. He was difficult to speak to people, all that sort of stuff. But the church loved him, really valued him. And they'd often say, why don't you just come back? And they, they gave him this really um, 
you know, this particular microphone so he could preach, but he could just hear in the voice the raspiness of it. Anyway, on this one particular occasion, he was preaching in that church and he was preaching from a passage in, I think, Psalm 104. And as he talks and he preaches and he starts to read out these particular verses, it talks about the healing of God. It talks about the healing of God. Now, as he speaks, all of a sudden, God does a miraculous thing, uh, a miraculous thing, and his voice just comes back. His voice comes back quite remarkably in the message. And all of a sudden, and you can hear the congregation start cheering and crying. He gets quite emotional. And it goes from really raspy. I remember hearing this when Nathan first played it. I, I, you know, it goes from really raspy, right, to just all of a sudden it just starts coming good. It's quite, quite powerful. Well, we've got the audio. I want to play you the audio. You'll hear it when it gets to those verses, and then it just kind of comes good. Uh, it's quite a, a powerful moment. And then we're going to pray, and then you're going to have an opportunity uh, to respond tonight. So um, let's just go to this audio. will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true, won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry, that's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again, is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> I'm uh, Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Let's stand up on our feet. Father God, thank you for the testimony and thank you for the healing work. Uh, that you've done as we've just heard, great God, but um, we know and 
tonight we just take an opportunity just to remember who you are and what you've done there you can do again great God we read about the miracles you've done uh, throughout uh, history Father God time and time again and we just take a moment to remember to remember who you are the greatness of who you are the bigness of who you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords and God it's true your word says that nothing is impossible for you and so tonight in this moment we just take a moment to stop your word says be still and know that I am God a moment to stop, to reflect and to remember, Father God, what you're able to do. Thank you, God, that we can respond to you. Thank you, God, that you are the same God yesterday, today and forever. Why wouldn't we want to worship and honour and praise you? And I thank you, God, that tonight, right now, is an opportunity to respond to you, to ask that what you've done in the past or you might do tonight, to ask that what you've done in the past you might do in this very moment, great God, we pray. So we thank you, Lord, and I just pray that you'd help us not to walk away tonight and just go, well, there's a nice, you know, maybe a nice message, a nice service, and then get on with our busy lives, but to walk away tonight and say, I wanna remember always, every day to wake up and remember that every breath that I take is a reminder that my God is the sustainer of my life and that I live for Him wholeheartedly. Not live for me, but live for Him wholeheartedly. And so give us that heart, give us that posture, great God, we pray. A remembering of who You are in our lives on a daily occasion, Lord, we ask. Help us to do that and set that up in our lives. A holy accountability to be reminded of who You are. And so, great God, we just honour You tonight and we respond to You now, Father God, we ask, as we worship and as we sing. We respond to you in your precious and holy name. Amen. We're going to sing this song together. It's a powerful song. We're going to worship and, and uh, praise our great God. But I want to give you an opportunity to respond tonight. I felt to just give you this opportunity. And so if you want prayer about anything at all tonight, you just come down the front. We're ready and available just to pray for you, whatever that might be. But we want to pray for you tonight. And do not hesitate to respond in this song to say, I'm going to go down and just receive prayer, whatever that might be. Uh, that's really important. We'd love to pray for you. Let's worship and uh, honour and praise Him.